2: The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are and have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off. Their popular four week emergency food kit, which will keep you well fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks and snacks, totaling over 2000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to prepare with black and and claim your four-week emergency food kit, you'll save 25% if you act now. That's prepare with blackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only sixteen ninety five dollars per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use mump fruit. I'm a low-carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is Keto Friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup, add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee, mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, munt fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today.
0: You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts
3: now. I'm back. Roadrants for Black and White Sports. Wow. I get up early this morning, and Urban Meyer is trending worldwide. Not for a good reason. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, not for a good reason. And it seems Urban Might be trying to get himself shipped off to USC. We know that's an opening out there. Well, Urban Meyer is trending worldwide. Oh, wow. Urban, this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, I'm picturing some future press conference where Urban's up there and he's apologetic and his family's by his side, yada, 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 yada. Well, this is the face of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's get to this. It's from Barstool Sports. It would appear that Urban Meyer isn't taking 0-4 too hard. This picture right here is Urban Meyer out at some bar, okay? Uh, In case you're wondering, I don't believe that's Urban Meyer's wife. Oh, no, looks like the coach isn't taking 0-4 too hard, but it looks like something else might be a little hard for coach. (laughs) These guys got a lot of of, uh, humor. Honestly, I never thought of Urban as a cheater, but I do wonder if getting lap dances from other women was in the family contract he wrote up. Anybody remember this, guys? This was his commitment to his family. Yeah, that went viral that he put out there, September 13th, 2016. So what I've gathered is Urban had stuck around in Ohio after his game in Cincinnati on Thursday, since the Jaguars had 10 days off, and he went on a to town, and that is confirmed. And, uh, oh, he had a night out. All right, Shelley. I am no private investigator, but it appears he is wearing the same quarter zip In Exhibit A, as he is in Exhibit B, right there's the zip. And if you're wondering, this is Urban getting a little lap dance, a little dance in a bar from somebody that's not his wife. Yeah, I am willing to go on record to say this video is from Friday night. I am also willing to go on record to saying that that blonde giving him a lap dance in leather pants, is not his wife, who was home babysitting the grandkids. Wow. What I'm not willing to go on record about, but I'm still gathering the facts is, do we think his hand is doing work, or is it on his lap? Yeah, so, in case you're wondering, here is the actual video of Urban and said woman Getting a lap dance, once again, that is not his wife. This came out from somebody that literally put the USC logo on top of the woman. And Urban Meyer is, of course, flirting with said woman. So, that is crazy. The face of a National Football League team went to a bar, did all this partying, and somehow, some way believes this wasn't going to go viral in a day of everybody having a camera? Wow, how irresponsible is this? And we're always worried about Urban's health? That alcohol is keeping him plenty healthy, I reckon. Wow, this is crazy. We can expect fallout from this for days, weeks, involving his job. Involving the Jaguars, involving USC, involving potential media spots, if he ends up getting his ass run out. Now, do I think they'll fire him for this? The Jaguars? Probably not. Do I think subconsciously Urban might want to get fired? Because, guys, he's taking 0-4 very hard. Very hard. Wow. This is crazy. And, guys, in case you're wondering, it's not like this is getting hidden. There was 30,000 retweets of this thing this morning. It's Like I said, it's trending worldwide, and this looks terrible. The face of your franchise, the the CEO of your NFL team, is out there partying with another woman, a much younger woman, while his wife is home with the grandkids. It's a bad look. I always say optics is a thing. And this is a terrible look, Urban Meyer. Yikes. Make sure you hit the the subscribe button. Follow the podcast. Peace. I'm out. Till next time, do better, Urban.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into... Black and White Sports on YouTube. The No Holds Barred Truth on Sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about ESPN Sage Steele. Now, a few days ago or so, I made a video about Sage Steele. She made some comments coming out and slamming ESPN for mandating the jab. And I guess folks we should have known that once she made those comments, it would only be a matter of time before ESPN took some kind of an action on Sage Steele for those comments. And Rhodes put out a video today on the live channel uh, mentioning that Sage Steel actually has COVID-19. Now, honestly, guys, that news came out today. But I found out about this about three days ago. I had someone that talked talk to me on the phone had an inside source at ESPN and they said that, yeah, Sage still has the virus. And now the news drops today that she is positive for the virus. I believe she only has like mild symptoms, so I believe she's going to be okay. But anyway, Sage still now, folks, has been suspended by ESPN. Not a surprise based on her comments, you know, uh, basically airing out um, the ESPN dirty laundry out there in public. ESPN was going to retaliate and suspend say still. So let's jump over here and you'll see this article here. Say still suspended for podcast comments on Obama. And we're going to get into that too. That scene, former ESPN colleague, Jamel Hill calls her out. Of course, you know, because Jamel Hill to me is a useful idiot for the love. I mean, Jamel Hill is strictly there to race bait everything. She's an Ebernetz Kindy disciple, you know the anti-racist, and we know those people actually really racist. That's all she's there for. Jamel Hill provides no insight to anything that she says. But let's go ahead. Let's read this article here. Okay, um, it says here that uh, Jamel Hill calls Steele a clown after Steele made references to Obama's ethnicity. Okay. Now, we know that Barack Obama is half white, half black, and I've done videos on Obama in the past. I've called him the half white president. And the reason I say that is, is because it's true. Barack Obama is half white. Sage Steele, She's half white. She's half black. She's in the same boat as Barack Obama. But for some kind of reason, you know, if you call a half-black, half-white person by anything other than black, it becomes a problem. If you guys remember Tiger Woods, when he was first coming up through the ranks in the 90s, he said he didn't want to identify as black. Why, you may ask? Because Tiger Woods is half-black and half East Asian. Why make him pick one side over the other? And I have a lot of respect for Tiger Woods in that manner. But here it says Sage Steele has now been suspended from ESPN for her comments on a podcast. She was on with Jay Cutler, which included her thoughts about former President Barack Obama and the COVID-19 vaccine. During a recent taping of former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler's podcast uncut, the two spoke about several issues, including the idea of race and ethnicity. Steele, who is African-American and Irish-American, shared how she designates her race on the U.S. census report by referencing Obama and her take on this. I completely agree with this. OK, now both of my parents are black, but of course, you know, we all have um some European ancestry, but neither one of my parents are full blooded white. OK. But this is the way say still says she would actually put herself on the census. She says, quote, if they make you choose a race. What are you going to put? Well, both still said. And the reason she said that is because she is black and she is white. That's just who who she is. But she says, quote, Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial. Congratulations to the president. That's his thing. So she doesn't have a problem necessarily with him putting black or all right. I think it's fascinating considering his black dad is nowhere to be found, but his white mom And grandma raised him. But okay, you do you. I'm going to do me. Listen, I'm pretty sure my white mom was there when I was born and my white family loves me as much as my black family. Close quote. So she's in the hot water for those comments right there. Because, you know, when it comes down to the left, man, and you're biracial, you better identify strictly as black and nothing else. That's just the way the left likes to uh, play the game here. So say still, she recognizes, hey, I'm both. I have a white mom. I have a black dad. In the case of Barack Obama, he was raised by his white family. Now, that's that's fine. I mean, that's the truth. Also, um, I find it funny, you know, also with Kamala Harris as well. When she got to the Senate, she was introduced as the first. Uh, Indian-American or Asian-American to uh, get to the Senate from India. Well, she's not actually from India, but she's of Indian descent because her mom is from India. But when she was running for the presidency and became Joe Biden's running mate, they started calling her black because politics and race, they go hand in hand. But it goes on, it says black Twitter immediately responded slamming steel, one of her most Prominent critics was sports journalist Jamel Hill. When's the last time Jamel Hill was actually a sports journalist? All she does is race bait. Anyway, her former, former colleague at ESPN, Hill sent out a tweet in sharp reproach of Steele's comments. Quote, so on top of thinking former president Obama shouldn't identify as black because he didn't have a relationship with his black father, Say Steele also thinks female journalists who dress a certain way, you know, what are what are you doing when you're putting that outfit on? he wrote on Twitter, clown behavior. And they were talking about um, you know, the way that female journalists uh, dress. That's another story. That's not really a part of uh this video right here. And you can check out uh Jay Cutler's podcast if you want to um uh get into that. But it says Cutler also told Steele that she is the Candace Owens of ESPN. His comments came after the two talked about the criticisms she got she has gotten for her. Anti-vaccine stance still is one of the more prominent conspiracy theories regarding the vaccine timeout. She is not. OK, she just doesn't believe in vaccine mandates. If you want to get the jab, that's fine. If you don't want to get it, get the jab. We said that many times and say still same thing. It even says here she's upset over ESPN's vaccine mandate, what she called. Sick and scary during the podcast episode. And that's that probably right there is what got her suspended from ESPN. The network, which is owned by Disney, is one of the companies that are requiring its employees to get the jab. They issued a statement on Tuesday saying that Steele would not return to the network for a week. Foregoing her noon spot on SportsCenter and has been removed as the host of the 2021 ESPNW uh, which is a women plus sports summit taking place October 18th through 20th. So she's going to be gone uh, pretty much a little while here, guys. A good little while. But it says here, quote, At ESPN, we embrace different points of view. Dialogue and discussion makes this place great. ESPN said in a statement posted to Twitter that said, we expect that those points of view be expressed respectfully in a manner consistent with the, with our values and in line with our internal policies. Still apologize for the comments saying, I know my recent comments created controversy for the company and I apologize. We're in the midst of an extremely challenging time that impacts all of us. And it's more critical than ever that we communicate constructively and thoughtfully. So there you have guys ESPN, uh, sidelining, Say still from ESPN roughly for a week. She will not be at the ESPNW uh, summit, which I didn't even know was a real thing, to tell you the truth. But I'm not surprised that ESPN has now given her the boot for a good week, if not a little longer. I can tell now, guys, that Say still's time at ESPN is coming to a close when. She made statements like that and then she gets suspended. I don't think she's going to be around very long. She may actually get the Rachel Nichols treatment, you know, sidelined for a while. You know, I don't know how long Sage Steele uh, contract is. I really don't. But uh, Jamel Hill. Wow. Jamel Hill, the race baiter herself. That's all she does. A useful idiot for the left. There's nothing more to say about Jamel Hill. She always pops up to race bait Every single thing. And this has nothing to do with Jamel Hill. But Jamel Hill needs to race bait every chance that she gets because she is an Ibram Etz disciple. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all oh, this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event
2: starts now. Black and White Sports fans, I have a question for everyone watching this video here. Are you surprised by anything that anyone in the Walt sports media writes about or says on television or in an article? Nothing at this point surprises me, folks, because I believe that some of these people in the Walt sports media, they went to the Ibermetz Kendi school of journalism. I truly do believe that. Now, everybody knows about the Urban Meyer situation. Urban Meyer caught on a viral video allowing this uh, girl that was not his wife to grind on him for like five, nine seconds. And it was crazy. It really was that nine second video put Urban Meyer in the news for all the wrong reasons. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who he coaches, is a disaster. Now, however, the Jaguars were a disaster before Urban Meyer got there. This is his first season. I believe the Jazz last season went 1-15. Right now, they're 0-4. And I do believe, folks, if the Jaguars were 4-0, I do not believe this Urban Meyer story would be as big as it is. But anyway, we're living in crazy times. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Sports is super-duper woke. And some of these crazy people... They call themselves journalists in the world sports media. They see everything through a racial lens. Now, when you saw that video of Urban Meyer, I'm pretty sure nobody was thinking, you know what? There's a racial element to this because Urban Meyer still has his job. Shao Kahn came out and said, um, Urban Meyer is going to have to prove himself to us again. You know, I guess from a moral standpoint, Urban Meyer's not getting fired. But we do have one person in the world sports media that wants Urban Meyer fired pretty much because Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer is a white man. I'm not making this up, guys. Check this out. Deadspin. Karan J. Phillips. Rice's article here. Don't let Urban Meyer quit. Fire him. Only a white man can still be employed after all of this because a woman or a black coach would already be gone. Now, Karan J. Phillips is just generalizing; he's race baiting. But you know what, folks? This is not the first time he has done this. Now, going back to the uh, the Georgia runoff elections, check this out: Deadspin slams NFL GOP owners for not supporting Democrats in Georgia elections, and that would be this guy. One. Karan J. Phillips. It says here in a blog filed under the tag of racial justice, Deadspin's Karan J. Phillips torched the National Football League for not not getting more deeply involved in Tuesday's Georgia Senate elections. He writes that too many of the league's owners are in bed with the with the Republican Party, which is threatening America's democracy. This is the kind of man that we're dealing with right here. We're dealing with a far leftist right here. OK, so just keep that in mind. But he writes this pretty much a hit piece here. He says the Jacksonville Jaguars are a mess because Shao Kahn, who actually owns the Jaguars, is a mess. The NFL's lone owner of color that once donated one million dollars to Donald Trump and then dared to write an essay on racial and social justice, spent Tuesday morning crafting a statement about the embarrassing and comical mishaps of his 0-4 rookie head coach, Urban Meyer. Of course, Karan J. Phillips, you know, these uh, anti-racist people out there who are actually really racist, to tell you the truth, he has to bring in Trump into this. Why? Because these people suffer from TDS severely. Absolutely severely, okay? But uh, this is what um, Shao Kahn actually did right. He said, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban and to everyone who supports, represents or plays for our team. I'm confident he will deliver. Now, I believe this statement would not be happening if the Jaguars were 4-0. I just do not believe that'd be happening. And Urban Meyer, you know, the only people that he truly needs to apologize to pretty much is his family, his wife, and God. That's pretty much it. Whatever he wants to do with his own personal life, that's between him and his family. I'm not here to judge the man, but it's pretty clear he made a mistake. Okay. And Urban Meyer put out an apology here. And I'm going to read it here. He says, quote, I apologize to the team and to the staff for being a distraction. Meyer said on Monday about the viral videos and photos of him appearing drunk at a bar, entertaining young women. Quote, it was stupid. So I explained everything that happened and owned it. And, you know, just stupid. I should have I should not have myself in that kind of position. The coach should not be a distraction. Meyer added. And then Karan J. Phillips goes on in this article here. He says, that's funny. Meyer has been nothing but a distraction since he took the job. His affinity for making bad decisions has surpassed being a trend and has become the norm. The list of things he's already done before the incident was already enough to get a woman or a black coach fired if they were in the same position. So I guess he's trying to do the whole Stephen A. Smith thing. You know, black people don't get these opportunities. But what just happened last week in the NFL? Didn't a certain uh, wide receiver who has suspended, been suspended like six times by the NFL is getting yet another opportunity. I'm talking about Josh Gordon. Another opportunity. And I truly don't believe that Josh Gordon should be getting another opportunity because he's unreliable. But this is a black man that is getting opportunities I haven't even seen white athletes get. I have not seen this, folks. If you have, let me know. But let's continue on from publicly admitting players. Vaccination statuses were considered when making cuts to the final roster to hiring a racist strength coach. Oh, To the entire Tim Tebow fiasco to getting himself and the team fined for OTA violations to head scratching roster moves and pissing off his players and coaches. The countless headlines dedicated to what Meyer has done before he's even won an NFL game are ridiculous. The reports about players not liking Myers' college style in the pros have mutated, and we've heard about that. That's actually a real thing right there. As it's now being reported that things might get ugly as he's lost all credibility in the locker room. And Michael Silver tweets out here the Irvin Myers situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me he has zero credibility in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. Now, I'm not going to put all the problems on the Jaguars on Urban Meyer. This team was 1-15 in last season. They were pathetic before he got there. Now they're 0-4. Is anybody really surprised that they're 0-4? I don't think so. I really don't. But anyway, never forget that this man once taught a course on leadership and character at Ohio State. Quote, we got enough evidence about who Urban Meyer is, America, says Marcus Spears on Monday's episode of ESPN's NFL Live. We have enough. If you want to research it yourself, go ahead and do it. I researched it. I've talked to people in circles. It's enough out there for anybody, everybody to understand why Urban Meyer shouldn't be the head coach of anybody. Shao Kahn, you're on the clock, bro. Spears continued. It's time for you to find another head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it needs to start like right now, like today. When Meyer was coaching in college, he had a double layer force field that protected him. He won and he was white. Of course, this woke journalist has to mention that he is white. His skin color like that means anything. It doesn't mean anything. But he goes on in this country. We will gladly look the other way if you win. And that's true. Regardless of what skin color you are, it doesn't matter. I mean, hell, Marvin Lewis, a black man, was in Cincinnati for like, what, 16 years? Never won a playoff game and he kept his job and he was black. So don't play the race card, but he's doing it anyway. And once you sprinkle a dash of white privilege on top, someone like Meyer becomes Teflon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What, what do you call Marvin Lewis all those years in Cincinnati not winning a playoff game? However, 2021 has proven to be the year that Myers' coat of armor has disintegrated in front of our eyes. He's winless. And the offensive genius that took Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State to new heights can't figure out how to unleash Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is on a terrible team. He's a rookie. There's going to be growing pains. Okay. But let's move on. And as the lack of African American head coaches in the NFL is a storyline that won't go away, as white coaches with less experience and weaker resumes get hired annually, like Meyer, the fact that he's the latest college to pro coach that's failing in the NFL is a red herring. Now, Urban Meyer got this job because of his college credentials. He was a great, great college coach. He was. That's why he got the job. Why do you think that Jimmy Johnson got the job with the Dallas Cowboys because he won a lot of games at Miami. He won a lot of games there. And then he jumped to the NFL and bam, he won two Super Bowls. Okay. Goodness. I'm so sick of this. I really, really am sick of this article here. I don't like the race baiting votes. I really, really do not like it uh, whatsoever, but the world sports media Sees everything through a racial lens. And this man wants Urban Meyer fired strictly because he's white. Interesting. He just wants this man fired because he's white. See, this is the problem, man, with the World Sports Media here. This is the problem with them. They see everything, absolutely everything through a racial lens, folks. And it needs to stop. It really, really does need to stop. What Urban Meyer did with that girl in that bar, that's between him and his family. He apologized to his family. And now this woke journalist here just wants to use that as an excuse to bring racism into this. He wants to bring Trump into this. And the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, guess what? He's a minority. If he wants to to support Trump, he can support Trump. That's his business. This still supposed to be America. But you can't tell this to the anti-racist woke sports media. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Do you agree with this woke journalist calling for the head of Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer needs to be sacrificed because he's a white guy. This guy was looking for any type of excuse. To get Urban Meyer fired. Now, if Urban Meyer can't handle the locker room, that's one thing. That's one thing. But to call for his head strictly because he's white, to race bait this whole thing. I don't agree with this journalist whatsoever. Obviously, he's not a journalist. He's not a sports journalist at all. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main
3: event starts now. I'm back. Road for Black and White Sports. Oh, this is hilarious. After all of the virtue signaling, after all of the wokeness from the Marxist ESPN of China. Yeah, owned by Disney. Let's not forget that. Oh, Maria Taylor. All the drama around NBA countdown. Malika Andrews steps up in the spot. Also, another woman of color. I hate that term. It sounds so damn racist. Hey, another black lady. Yeah, let's be real. After the Rachel Nichols situation... After all that drama, Maria Taylor off to NBC, Rachel Nichols without a job, Bomani Jones likely getting his ass kicked out of ESPN, and for all of that, we're back to a, a default white guy at ESPN. And, and let's be honest, I want to be honest, Mike Greenberg, Mike Golick, Mike and Mike was maybe the most likable show for 15 years on ESPN. So it's no wonder that when they have to find someone a job and they need somebody that people might actually want to tune into, Mike Mike Greenberg gets the call. Okay? Mike Greenberg gets the call. And it's hilarious. Why? Because he's a white dude. Through all of that drama, all that virtue signaling, all that wokeness, it comes down to what? Not color, but plain old likability. Okay? Regardless of race or anything else, people have to feel like they want to like whoever they're watching on the screen. And for all intents and purposes, most people like Mike Greenberg because, look, I started watching Mike and Mike when I was like 23. They went off the air when I was like 41. Okay? So we came up with Mike and Mike And now, Mike Greenberg's got another job, some people aren't happy about it, for all the obvious reasons. Sports Media World reacts to Tuesday's Mike Greenberg news. Another day, another big job for Mike Greenberg. According to a report from New York Post Sports Media Insider Andrew Marshan, the next host of the NBA Finals on ESPN will be none other than Mike Greenberg. ESPN needed a new host for its most prestigious NBA broadcast due to the departure of Maria Taylor to NBC, who tried to hold ESPN hostage over race. Yeah. The previous host, Rachel Nichols, is no longer appearing on the network. Uh, She's gone after a private conversation involving diversity. So the job will go to Greenberg. This is so hilarious, guys. This is so hilarious. Mike Greenberg will be host. Will be ESPN's new host for NBA Finals, filling in the spot vacated by Maria Taylor, the Post has learned. This is hilarious. Quote, after the departure of Maria Taylor as its host of its top NBA pregame shows, including the Finals, ESPN is turning to a familiar face as it remakes its coverage, the Post learned. Mike Greenberg will replace Taylor as the top host of NBA Countdown, according to the sources, meaning he will be on point for the coveted position of hosting the finals. Greenberg will be joined by Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, Jalen Rose, and Magic Johnson for the biggest games. Greenberg and Smith are the two top figures at ESPN, so this isn't surprising. Still, it's frustrating... Oh, my goodness. Here we go. It's frustrating to see Greenberg get a yet another prominent job. Why? Greeny's been there like 20-something years. Oh, good grief. Quote, when ESPN does a talent search, is Greeny's name just the default name in the drop-down box? Like country defaults to United States, one fan tweeted. Quote, is Greeny the only ESPN employee at this point? Dude is on almost everything ESPN, another fan added. This guy says, quote, I mean, I get it. I don't like the symbolism of it. But I get it. Oh, cry me a river! Big Cat over at Barstool, Greeny is one step closer to hosting every hour on ESPN programming. Look, guys, I I'm, I'm going to be real. I find this funny. I find that through all of the. It's going to be about race. It's going to be about gender. It's going to be about everything that ESPN can think of, or somebody at ESPN can make it. Make it. Uh, molded around at the end of the day it comes down to likability okay so many of us came up with greeny uh green is greeny qualified he's more than qualified to host nba countdown okay more than qualified was on sports center had his own radio show the number one morning radio show in the country for like 15 years so yeah of course greeny is qualified And at the end of the day, they had to put somebody that people actually wanted to watch on the screen. How'd that work out for you, Maria Taylor? You tried to play the race card, and of all things, ESPN turned you down, said no, you're shipped off to NBC, and they replace you with the lily white guy, Mike Greenberg. She made it about race. We didn't. Remember that. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. I like Greeny. Miss Golick, but once again, Golick's on Pro Football Talk Mondays with Mike Florio, of all people. And they're great. It's surprising, but they're really good. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show.
0: Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event
3: starts now. I'm back. Rodriance for Black and White Sports. Oh, we're going to do a follow-up video on Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, out there the other night getting his freak on. Yeah, what looked like a souped-up Applebee's. That's right. He was out there. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind action. Yeah, I don't know if R. Kelly was there. Somehow, I think he probably wasn't. And, of course, this video right here, this said video right here, went viral. Uh, That is Urban. That's right, the head coach of the Jaguars. This is in Ohio, by the way. That's an Ohio State pullover he's got on. And this young lady right here is getting all freaky up on uh, Urban. And there's pictures that came out along with Urban and this young lady and... Even worse, there was a tweet out from Urban's wife where she was at home taking care of grandkids. Now, what's odd is he said, I was there with grandkids. I'm confused. It, uh, who knows? Maybe it's maybe they got 9,000 grandkids, one of those kind of families. Well, anyway, and look, Urban got hammered. This thing went viral worldwide, and he got hammered because, look, you're the head coach of a struggling NFL team, you've got a history of what's supposed to be bad health. You've had to retire from leave programs, supposedly, because of bad health. And then you're out there, and you're look, you're out there, and you're uh, you're you're quote unquote bar hopping. All right, maybe it wasn't bar hopping, but you get the point. It looks bad. There is a thing called perception and optics and how something looks. And this looked like shit. Let's be honest, okay. Uh, Head coach of a football team that's married, and it looks like crap. So what has happened is Urban Meyer, in standard operating procedure, and I will show a video because uh, Urban, it did come out, and he has apologized, and I'll show that video in a minute. Urban explains what happened with woman in viral video, apologizes to Jaguars for being a distraction. Jaguars didn't even play over the weekend, but Urban Meyer still managed to generate plenty of headlines thanks to a viral video that showed a woman trying to get friendly with him at an Ohio restaurant. Jaguars coach met with the media on Monday for the first time since the release of the video during his press conference, and he says he had already apologized to the team. I just apologized to the team and staff for being a distraction. Meyer said, it's stupid. I explained everything that happened and owned it, and it's just stupid. I should not have put myself in that kind of position. So it says, according to the coach, he stayed in Ohio with a plan to visit some family. Oh, yeah. Uh, Following a Jacksonville's heartbreaking loss, and it was a bad loss. I mean, they led most of that game. 24-21 in Cincinnati on Thursday night. Meyer and his family went to a restaurant on Friday night, and apparently things were rather tame when the night started. Quote, I stayed to see the grandkids. We all went to dinner at night at the restaurant. There was a big group next to the restaurant, and they wanted me to come over and take some pictures, and I did. There is, there is. Uh, I guess this is um, actually with the family. This is pictures from the family. There are definitely plenty of photos from that night uh, giving uh, Urban giving the fans what they wanted after taking photos for, with several people at the restaurant. Urban admitted that things took an interesting turn from there. This is funny. Before we keep going, let me just play the video, Rat, now of Urban apologizing. Can you
2: explain
3: the viral video uh, from your place over the weekend? Yeah, I, uh, I just apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction. It's stupid. Um. Uh, so, I explained everything that happened and owned it, and you know, just stupid. Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position. Okay. They were trying to pull me out on the dance floor and screwing around, and I should have left. You should have left, Urban. Unfortunately for Meyer, he didn't take his own advice. Meyer ended up sticking around, and that's when things got dicey. At some point in the night, someone took a video of a woman dancing with her backside near his midsection. And that video ended up going viral. Meyer, who is married, also said that he's spoken to his family about the incident and that they're definitely, quote, upset. Pissed is another way of putting it. So far, it hasn't been a good year for Meyer on and off the field. Not only is he dealing with the situation he created, but he's dealing with an and 4 start for the Jags. And here's the thing. I can't believe Urban put himself in this position knowing the scrutiny he's under because he is such a highly regarded and respected college coach which is always going to come with extra scrutiny when you're when you try to go to the nfl why because it just fails so often okay now look the win-loss record's not great and that's one thing but you had in my opinion Him messing up the Tim Tebow situation and not messing it up as in giving Tebow a chance. It's just not knowing how to use Tim Tebow. So that caused a lot of things. I mean, he actually gave Tebow a tryout as a tight end. I I thought he had a bigger plan for Tim Tebow. Uh, The other thing is, now i got to wonder about what is Urban Meyer's culture that he's trying to establish exactly after seeing this video. Makes him look like a little bit of a hypocrite, Okay. Uh, because supposedly he didn't want any guys that could cause any trouble or disruptions or any of that kind of thing. And uh Urban? Disruption. Urban had this come out. It looks terrible. And, look, the media's hammering him for his win-loss record. It, it just all looks really bad for Urban right now. And, uh, look, we do want to be aware of one thing. Jimmy Johnson went 1-15, in okay? Okay. That's a fact, and that Jacksonville Jaguars team is div- look. It's got some talent, um, but look, rookie quarterback Mac Jones looks like a better quarterback right now than Trevor Lawrence. Although he did look better the other night in the NFL, you're under a completely different microscope. And when I put up out that video the other day, we had a uh, uh, somebody, a subscriber from Ohio, come through and said. Ohio media is basically ignoring this, that this happened. So, Ohio media, which loves, they love Urban up there, okay? He's godlike. Well, they're not covering it. And, look, those football coaches and those college towns, they run the town, okay? In the NFL, it's not that way, all right? You're under a completely different microscope, all right? It's not like, you know, you're at Ohio State, And what goes on around Ohio State stays at Ohio State. And some of these other big programs, too, in college. In the NFL, it's all getting out. It's all getting out. And Urban should have been aware of that. And to add an additional layer, you've got all these rumors out there about Urban and USC flirting with each other to the point that Urban's got to come out and say, I'm not going to USC. I will still believe that when I see it. All right? I mean, I don't know. In, until USC's job is filled, Urban Meyer's out there, okay? Uh, that's the thing. I, In my opinion, I think Urban regrets taking that Jacksonville job already. Um, why? Because we are all seeing how hard losing is on Urban. He's not used to losing. Plain and simple. I mean, he, he put out a statement apologizing to the fans for losing. There's been... And the other added layer is he's been out there and there were rumors that he literally was threatening coaches' jobs uh, after one game. Uh, I mean, the NFL's a different animal and now this happens and Urban Meyer looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. I like Urban. That's the thing. I like Urban Meyer. I'm not trying to come down on Urban. I actually was hoping he'd do a great job in Jacksonville.
2: Black and white sports fans, let's talk about the Washington football team. The Washington football team is in the spotlight because their head athletic trainer is under criminal investigation by the DEA. Today, guys, the DEA went and raided, absolutely raided the Washington football team's practice facility. And apparently the team did not know that the DEA was coming Their head athletic trainer, Ryan Vermillion, he's in some hot water, guys. Some extremely hot water. He has now been placed on paid administrative leave. But if the DEA is getting involved in this, this is not looking too good for him. This is another black eye for the Washington football team. And uh, Ron Rivera, who actually brought him over from Carolina with him. So let's jump over here to ESPN. Washington football team puts trainer Ryan Vermillion on leave for a criminal investigation. The Washington football team has placed head athletic trainer Ryan Vermillion on administrative leave for what a spokesperson called an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the club. Vermillion is in his second season with coach Ron Rivera in Washington after 18 seasons working for the Carolina Panthers. The Drug Enforcement Administration and Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility on Friday. A source confirmed to ESPN. I thought that the raid was actually today, but that was actually on Friday. But anyway, NBC Sports Washington was first to report on the search. Team officials did not know about the investigation until DEA agents showed up at the facility on Friday. A source told ESPN's John Kim. The DEA talked to multiple former players about Vermillion earlier this year, a source of knowledge of the situation told Kim. One ex player who spoke with the DEA said he did not have any useful information to share with them. Vermillion did not travel with Washington this weekend to the game in Atlanta. Vermillion's attorney, Barry Coburn, declined comment. Washington coach Ron Rivera, who brought Vermillion, with him from Carolina, declined to comment during his weekly news conference Monday. He refers to the team's statement. Quote, I won't comment on how I personally feel about what's going on, Rivera said. Washington hired Vermillion shortly after Rivera in January 2020 with owner Dan Snyder calling him a perfect fit and one of the most respected and seasoned head athletic trainers in the NFL. Boy, Dan Snyder, man, Washington just can't, they can't catch a break, man. Whether it's the team name, uh, the harassment um, allegations, and now you got this. Vermillion also is Washington's infectious control officer managing the team's health and safety protocols for COVID-19. Before his time in Carolina, Vermillion spent one season as Washington's director of rehabilitation. Before that, he spent nine seasons on Hall of Fame coach Don Shula's staff with the Miami Dolphins, four as head trainer and five as rehabilitation officer. Vermillion graduated from the University of Miami in 1987. Wow. So, guys, what do you think of this, man? This is crazy. So, Washington gets their practice facility raided by the DEA. I think it's safe to say, guys, that uh, Mr. Vermillion... Won't be employed very long with the Washington football team. Think of this, guys. If you were responsible for the feds rating your employer's facility, do you think you're going to have a job very long? No, I really don't think he's going to be employed very long at all. I wish we had more information on exactly what this this is. But we're talking about the Drug Enforcement Agency. Just think about that. That's probably going to give that's probably a dead giveaway right there. When you hear the words D.E.A. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Washington football team in the news for all the wrong reasons yet again. Wow. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main
3: event starts now. I'm back. Roadrance for Black and White Sports. Well... There's been a long line of wokesters over at ESP-CNN, the worldwide leader in woke. And among them, almost nobody is as woke as one Beaumont Jones. Now, ba- Beaumont Jones kind of got his start going on the Dan Lebitard show. And as we know, that turned into a Beaumont Jones radio show, which was a complete failure. The ratings sucked. Now it's a podcast. Well, ESPN's been cleaning house lately, right? Kenny Mayne, Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor's gone. Yeah, and we found out the other day, of course, Stephen A. Smith had Max Kellerman moved off a first take onto some show that's destined to fail, I'm sure. And now, word has it, Bomani Jones, that Bomani Jones is not long for the company. Very quickly, I'm wearing our Defund the Athlete shirt. Robo letters. Yeah. You can grab this bad boy out of our merch store right now. 25% off. Use promo code ESPCNN. Let's get to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. Bomani Jones ESPN run is all but over. But he'll have options. And I'm sure Metal Lark is among them. Monty Jones and ESPN are expected to part ways. Post Sports Plus has learned it is more of a matter of when, not if. Big money. ESPN has been scaling back on salaries. Jones previously had a three-year contract that averaged more than $2 million per year, according to sources. In Jones's next contract, which was agreed to after high noon, that's his show he started with Pablo Torre, that failed and was canceled. See, nobody wants social justice issues. And it's sports. Nobody wants to hear your woke bullshit agenda, Beaumont Jones. And guess what? Nobody watched, so they canceled your program. ESPN cut Jones's salary to a little more than $1 million per year on a two-year deal. That contract expires in March. There is no de- departure agreement yet. But it would be shocking if Jones remains. If ESPN were going to keep him, it would have kept Dan Lebetard's old show highly questionable on the air and made Jones the host. He was a co-host along with when Dan Lebetard was still around. And, of course, Poppy. And Bomani Jones came on the Dan Lebitard show forever. That's kind of how he got a start. They would have him on there so he could give his woke takes. Um, because, you know, Dan Levitard didn't like to talk about actual sports, even though his show was about, supposed to be about sports. ESPN announced a new digital show called, quote, debatable, which is produced by pardon the interruption around the horn, highly questionable head honcho, Eric Reinholm. In a video preview of the new social media program released last week, most former highly questionable contributors were involved. But Jones was noticeably absent. The trend Katie Nolan announced last week. She is no longer with ESPN. The John Skipper All-Stars. John Skipper, the cocaine cowboy, who used to be the head over at ESPN, now has Metal Lark in a uh, partnership with Dan Levitard. By the way, Jamel Hill's over there now. Uh, I would guess that's probably where uh, Beaumont Jones will end up. The John Skipper All-Stars are nearly all on the way out. Michelle Beadle, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, Lebetard, and his friends have all left in recent years. Skipper departed ESPN in twenty seventeen. His number two, Connor Shell, left earlier this year. They were the duo behind promoting the all all the Skipper All-Stars. Tori and Sarah Spain, God, they're a bunch of woke morons over at ESPN. Are the main two Skipper All-Stars remaining? Jones' future. He is expected to have options. Bomani Jones, 41, has a relationship with HBO as contributor to Back on the Record with Bob Costas. I also could see Showtime making a run at him. His podcast, Right Time with Bomani Jones, has gained some traction. Wow, okay. He could team up with Levitard and Skipper's Metal Ark Media, but I doubt it would be a full-time role. Maybe a podcast there, but The Usual Suspects, Spotify, etc., likely would have interest as well, because you can suck and still have a platform over there. In the meantime, Jones will continue his podcast and remain on, quote, around the horn as a panelist. It has not been determined whether he will leave the company before his deal is up in March. Clicker Conclusion... Jones first wrote for ESPN as a 23-year-old back in 2004. He expanded into TV and radio, becoming a regular on Around the Horn a little more than a decade ago. He had his own TV and radio shows and received seven-figure salaries. Jones may have fallen short at the final level of ESPN stardom when his program with Tory did not succeed, but given ESPN's spotty track record for developing new opinion, voices, All in all, it was a pretty good run. Was it? Was it? Okay. ESPN's biggest successes, in terms of relative unknown, who became nationally relevant, was plucking Cal Herd from the Northwest to replace Tony Kornheiser on the radio in 2003. You could put Stephen A. Smith in there, but he had been on Fox Sports before ESPN. Scott Van Pelt could be put in that category, but he was on the Golf Channel previously. Hill and Michael Smith were homegrown opinion personalities, but their runs, while noisy, were short and ended unceremoniously. And we know why. Uh, John Skipper was the reason why that didn't work out. Okay, He created Woke Center. When ESPN went super woke a few years back, during the Colin Kaepernick debacle, uh, he decided the show was going full social justice and it was going full woke and he gave Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, famously, that 6 o'clock prime flagship sports center, which they directly run right into the ground in the ratings. Now, make no mistake, I mean, Andrew Marshan was trying to be nice here about uh, Bomani Jones' track record, but the fact is his radio show fell right on its ass. Uh, the fact is... Uh, without Dan Lebitard, highly questionable, wasn't very good, okay? And um, I always felt like Bomani Jones was riding Dan Lebitard's coattails anyway. And his days were probably numbered the moment that Dan Lebitard flew the coupe. Now, John Skipper's over there and Dan Lebitard. You can almost guarantee Bomani Jones is going to have something to do with that company. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll run the Bob Costas who's lost his ever-loving mind to left us, too. Uh, the fact is, Beaumont Jones wouldn't stick to sports. And that's been a problem over at ESPN for years now. They tried to right the ship, and then George Floyd happened, and it all went off a cliff. Monty Jones is one of the head wokesters that sports media has been dealing with for years, and he is one of the reasons, one of the prime examples of why ESPN's ratings have plummeted. Dude, talk sports. Levitard, talk sports. Bomani Jones, talk sports. Stick with sports. Unfortunately, they've ruined their reputation. People just don't want to listen to them now because they know their feelings on everything from social justice to Donald Trump. And you're not going to keep paying a guy like that when, frankly, you're unlikable. And that's part of the problem. Bomani Jones is unlikable. So many of those people are unlikable. And at the end of the day, whoever you're watching on TV need to be kind of likable. For example, Mike Golick is with uh, Pro Football Talk now on Mondays along with Mike Florio together. Guess what? Mike Golick is still great at his job. He was great on Mike and Mike. What is Mike Golick? Likeable. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for
0: watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube, the no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
3: I'm back, Roadrance for a Black and White Live. Oh man, this Urban Meyer situation down in Jacksonville is getting worse and worse and worse. Quickly to recap, as we know, they I believe on a Friday night, Urban Meyer was out. He went out with the grandkids, yada yada yada, the family. He decided to stay behind somehow, got pulled into a group, and of course, a viral video came out where Urban Meyer was getting essentially a little lap dance from a young woman that was not his wife. And there had and and look, it trended. It went viral on Twitter all day long on Saturday. Sunday. I mean, it was ridiculous. It went nuts. It's taken on a life of its own. And now, of course, as you can imagine, there's fallout from that. Uh, the uh, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars met with Urban Meyer, and I don't know how well you can say it went. He apologized, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Shotcom came out and said, look, he's got to earn our trust back. Okay, that's not that's not a great phrase. From the owner, clearly he's saying Urban's lost the trust. Well, maybe even bigger issue, particularly considered the the Jacksonville Jaguars are 0-4 right now, is it looks like Urban is losing or has lost his players. This came out yesterday. It's from Mike Silver, a very well-respected veteran NFL reporter, journalist, and this is not good for Urban. Urban Meyer has found himself in hot water lately as he deals with fallout from a video that surfaced of him grinding with a woman against a bar. He spoke with the media, issued an apology on Monday, saying he had addressed the matter with his family and his Jacksonville Jaguar players. Apparently, though, the conversations with the players didn't exactly leave the Jaguars feeling good about their coach. Per reporter Mike Silver, one of the Jacksonville players called Meyer, quote, scared after he only met with position groups individually and he canceled Monday's team meetings. Yikes. Okay, so he wouldn't get up in front of the entire team to address the comments. You can see the anonymous players comments in the Twitter thread below. Michael Silver. Number one, the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me, quote, he has zero credibility in that stadium, and he had very little to begin with. Whoa. Number two, players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young lady getting cozy in that Ohio bar. Quote, he... Even canceled the team meeting. He was too scared, a player said. Number three, instead, Meyer only apologized to position groups individually. He portrayed the woman in the videos as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice it to say, his audience was highly skeptical. Okay, so his players just flat don't believe him. Number four, said one player, quote, we looked at him like, "What? WTF? What the F? Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. Yikes. Number five, said the player, "It's bad. I don't know how he's going to function." Obviously, none of this looks great for an O and4 Jacksonville Jaguar team that's hosting Tennessee and Miami the next two weeks. And that's kind of sad considering the fact that the Jags. Look, they played a lot better against the Bengals the other night. They did. And if a couple of things would have bounced a different direction, they probably should have got that win. Uh, There is all kinds of wild speculation out there with Urban right now. Uh, I heard a guy that covered him when he was with the Florida Gators insinuate that maybe Urban set this situation up in order to get fired so he would go to USC or could go to USC because – And look, this reporter basically said, look, uh, Urban would have never taken the Jaguars job if he thought USC was going to end up being available like the way it has been. Okay, he would have taken that USC job. I don't buy that. Okay, I do not believe he set this situation up because also, along with that, said reporter, also said, look, Urban had a reputation when he was with the Florida Gators. There were rumors around Urban all the time involving things a lot like this. But because of the structure and the way college head coaches in these small towns or smaller towns are treated, a lot of times the local media does not cover them, does not expose them. They insulate these godlike college head coaches. When the NFL, there is no such insulation. It all gets out. It all gets out. He's lost the owner for now. He's lost his players. I don't know how Urban Meyer continues to coach this season. It feels like it feels like there's a resignation coming. I don't know. I haven't heard anything like that. We don't know that. We haven't heard anything like that. But it's getting worse and worse for Urban. It's not getting better. And the other thing was, A lot of times after a Thursday night game, and this is a big thing, after a Thursday night game, a lot of times the players, yes, will have Friday, maybe even Saturday off, but the coaches don't. Okay? The coaches don't. They don't take that time off. They go back on Thursday night, and they start grinding. And he made a comment that in the NFL, every week is like preparing for Alabama. Alabama. Well, no shit, Urban. Yeah, every team is better than Alabama in the NFL. And that's the preparation level that has to has to happen. And uh, some people are believing that that statement in itself means that Urban has been caught off guard with the kind of commitment that the NFL requires, which we know we've heard. You know, Belichick, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m., 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. 5 a.m. to sleep on a couch in the office and not go home. That's the NFL. I don't know. You lose your players, you're in a lot of trouble. I don't know how he comes back from this. I really don't. And with every big college job that comes open, the speculation is going to go straight to Urban. Okay, because even regardless of this happening, he could go back to college and be very successful. I think we all know that. Okay, tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. Urban Meyer, this is a disastrous situation for Urban. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks (laughs) for watching the show. Be
0: sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube, the no holds barred truth on sports. The main event
3: starts now. Well, back roadtrips for Black and White Live. The other day, my partner in crime John Matrix did a video. The story came out and it got pretty big around the sports world. That ESPN Sage Steele came out and said that she was forced to get the vaccine. We knew that. Uh, because she works for the Marxist ESPN of China. And, of course, they lobbied down, handed down, all those forced jab mandates over at ESPN. Now, once again, if you choose to get the jab, that's your business, that's your freedom. If you choose not to, also see same response. It is your choice, your freedom, between you and whoever you feel like you need to make that decision with. But we don't agree with necessarily is going to be forced mandates and people having to get it in order to keep employment, which is exactly what Sage still had to do over at ESPN. In order to stay working for ESPN, the supposed worldwide leader, in woke anyway, uh, she had to get this vaccine. Well, she has announced just now that she has, you got it, the Wuhan virus. That's right. <laughs> Good God. Sage Steele contracts COVID despite getting forced vaccination. Embattled ESPN host Sage Steele recently tested positive for COVID despite being mandated for the vaccination according to her Instagram and ESPN. Still rep- reportedly dealt with mild symptoms, but neither will attend the ESPNW Summit this week nor appear on any episodes of SportsCenter as a result of the positive test. Steele's illness coincides with a slew of critical comments made towards vaccination mandates in a podcast interview recently that she did with uh, Jay Cutler, and I mean, it was a hell of a podcast, handing ESPN executives an easy excuse for pulling her off the air. Some sort of disciplinary action for her comments was likely, given ESPN and the parent company's Disney's intense liberal slant, but now the illness... Can provide cover fire for any suspension while execs dealt with the leftist insubordination in house. Still originally called the vaccination mandates, quote, sick and scary, referencing the company's threat to fire her if she didn't comply by September 30th. It's scary to me in many ways, but I have a job that I love and, frankly, that I need, Still said. And I'm not surprised that he got to the point, especially with Disney. I mean, a global company like that. To contract COVID despite complying with the company's mandate just adds insult to injury. But to challenge the vaccine's infancy immediately draws ire of millions of government psychophants who believe that the entire pandemic would immediately end if everybody got the jab. For now, add Sage Steele to the growing list of vaccinated individuals who managed to contract the Wuhan virus despite all of the protections that the vaccine offers. And look, that's the thing, and it always gets lost, and it's one of our biggest issues with everything involving sports, okay, and employment, is the NFL and the NBA and these other leagues, they've got different rules whether you've got the jab or not got the jab. And then lost in all of this is natural immunity Lost in all this is the fact that you can still get the Wuhan virus if you've got the jab. That's a thing, okay? And it's like, why are these standards here for one set of individuals and not here for the other set? Okay, if you bo- if both sets can still, in theory even, and we know it's fact, but even in theory, still contract the virus, then why the hell... Aren't the aren't the standards the same across the board for all sports leagues and organizations and companies employment? Okay, that's that's where people start running into the issue. The other thing is, you got people applying for religious exemptions that are being denied. How do you deny religious exemptions? I I guess I'm confused by that. If it's part of somebody's uh, religious beliefs that they're not supposed to get, you know. It's part of it that they don't get something like the jab then they don't get it and they should be exempt from it period okay I'm sure they believe in some a higher calling or, or whatever they believe in in their personal belief set that just says that's not something they do okay and I can tell you I know for a fact that's that's a thing that's absolutely a thing and you know religious freedoms hello McFly anybody home? Uh, you get the point, guys. And Sage still has been critical. She did not want to get the vaccine. She did not want to get the jab, but she felt like she had to to keep her job. I personally know a lot of people that have done this already. A lot of people. And they did it because they wanted to keep their employment. Okay? They did not want to take this thing. All right. And again, I don't have a problem whether you do or don't, all right? It's none of my business, if you want to know the truth. And it, to me, it should be none of these sports organizations or employers' business either. You know, so tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Sage Steele, she got it, even though she got it. Peace, I'm out. Till next
0: time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on
3: sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road for our Black and White Live. Well, the rating is in. For the big game the other night, the return of the GOAT, Tom Brady, to New England, to Foxborough, to face the uh, Belichick-led Patriots. It was a very highly anticipated game, and the rating was very, very big. Now, Mike Florio, I did a video the other day. There was speculation the game could be the largest watched game regular season in NFL history. And it didn't come close to that. It didn't. It was a big game. And yeah, for NBC and by NBC standards, it was a pretty big damn game. So let's get to this. Buccaneers Patriots match is NBC's. Take note of that because there's been Sunday night games for a long, long time on various networks. NBC's second most watched Sunday night football game ever. Tom Brady's record setting Moment on the gridiron delivered big ratings for NBC during week 4 Sunday night football game last night. Viewership of the matchup between the Bucks and the Patriots at Gillette scored a 6.0 in the key 18 to 49 demographic and garnered 28.5 million eyes in the adjusted affiliate live plus same day numbers. The game, which ended in a 1917 close call, favoring the Bucks, marked the largest NBC Sunday Night Football audience since Week 17, 2012, when the Dallas Cowboys faced Washington Redskins for the NFC East title. In case you're wondering, that was a literal play-in game for the NFC East title. Whoever won uh, stayed home. Whoever won went to the playoffs and were division champions. It was also the second most watched NBC Sunday Night Football game since the package made its debut in 2006. It delivered a 34 share percentage of televisions in use tuned into the game. Wow, that's a lot. The highest for any game in the history of the package. The high for the most regular season, uh, watched regular season game is December 3rd 1990 the showdown between the Giants and the 49ers brought in 41.5 million viewers for ABC's Monday Night Football. The second biggest high for Sunday night uh, Sunday regular season game is 33.8 million the crowd that turned out for CBS's coverage of the Patriots versus Colts November 4th 2007. And in case you're wondering I did go back and check That was the year that the uh, Colts were coming off of the Super Bowl victory from Peyton Manning. And, of course, 2007, the Patriots were undefeated. So it was uh, two legends facing off, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Okay, and the ratings for that were basically 5 million viewers more than the other night. So, do I think NBC is probably disappointed by the rating? No, I'm sure they're not. But... It also was well behind, well, well behind being the all-time biggest regular season viewed game. I mean, you're talking 13 million viewers behind that. So it didn't come close to that. It didn't. But it's still a pretty damn big rating. Um, I think there's some factors. The fact that, uh, look, there's a lot of people that have tuned out of football. But the other factor would be you got a Patriots team that just isn't quite there yet. I think Mac Jones, who performed really well the other night, and I think could have been a bigger story coming out of there. Look, the Patriots almost beat the Bucs. Um, I think if Mac Jones was a second year quarterback instead of a rookie, um, I think maybe if the Patriots made this playoffs this year somehow, some way, and this game was next year, it might be a bigger game. Uh, but it, all in all, it's still a big damn rating. Uh, now, I believe the opening night game this year between the Bucks and the Cowboys was somewhere around 26 million. So you're only talking about a, a 2, million, two and a half million, viewer difference between the opening game of the year, and we've talked about this before. Look, a lot of football ratings aren't as good as they used to be. But the Cowboys and Tom Brady are the two entities that still brings eye, bring the eyes to the TV tube. So you had you had Tom Brady involved in this going back to New England, big damn deal, you know. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Big rating, but still way, way, way behind the all time biggest rating, right? Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment,
0: and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and White Live fans, let's go over to the People's Republic of New York. The Buffalo Bills, they have a jab mandate in place for the fans. If you are a fan, you must get the jab if you want to attend home games. Now, one of the players on the team, and we talked about this player many, many times, he does not want to get the jab. That is his business. If he wants to get the jab, that's fine. If he doesn't, that's fine as well. Cole Beasley has made it pretty clear. He doesn't want to get the jab. I don't have a problem with that because he can do whatever he wants to do with his body. I highly recommend guys that if you want to get the jab, go and talk to your doctor about it. OK, if you don't want to get it, that's fine as well. This is supposed to be a free country. But however, in the People's Republic of New York and Buffalo, that's not the case because they are jab mandates out there. And Cole Beasley doesn't want to get it. And it seems like, you know, fans now are booing the man because He doesn't want to get the jab. Cole Beasley believes in freedom. You know what? I guess I shouldn't be too surprised that this is happening in the People's Republic of New York. Because look at the politicians over there. Look at the kind of politicians these people vote for over there. These people, I guess they love socialism. They love authoritarian authoritarians over there. But let's go over here to the New York Times here. Cole Beasley rips bill fans for booing him over COVID vaccine stance. Now, I'm not exactly sure if this was the Bills' first home game. It probably was. I'm not really sure. Um, I actually missed the game. They actually absolutely destroyed uh, the Houston Texans. You would think that the Bills fans would be happy you know, about that. But anyway, let's move on. Cole Beasley voiced his frustrations with Bills fans after the team's dominant win over the Houston Texans on Sunday. Beasley was booed on Sunday by fans at Highmark Stadium, presumably due to his controversial stance on the COVID 19 vaccine. Beasley, who has been outspoken in his comments on the vaccine, has insisted that he is, quote, pro choice on the issue despite backlash from fans and colleagues. Bills' home games require guests to have at least one dose of the COVID 19 shot before attending. The tension between the wide receiver who has said he is unvaccinated and Bills fans grew on Monday when the NFL star aired his grievances on social media. In a series of tweets, he called out fans who booed him before asking for a photo or autograph in the same afternoon. The tweet garnered hundreds of replies from Bills fans. Bills beat reporter Matt Perino suggested he confused the fans chanting a nickname for booing, but Beasley said, He wasn't mistaken. And this is what he tweeted out. He said, only place I get booed is at our home stadium. Then some of the same people want me to take pictures and sign autographs. I thought Bill's fans were the best in the world. Where'd they go? If the vaccine works, then why do VATS people need to be protected from unVATS? Hashtag. Let Let me let I don't even know what he said right there. Okay. anyway, that matter. But Mark Cuban ended up. um, Replying to this as well, he says, bees, the problem isn't so much your choice as it is your logic. You know, the rules that apply to your choice and that is and that is yours to make. But the examples you give as the basis for why you make your choice are questionable. All right, Mark Cuban, man, has been a complete moron. Let's not even really acknowledge him. Let's kind of stick to uh, Cole Beasley here. OK, now I didn't see the game, but. I can't believe that these fans would actually boo him for his stance. I really would for the reasons I already talked about. These people in New York. Just look at their the politicians they elect. Just look at it. I mean, they love the government, you know, just coming down on them and telling them what to do. Cole Beasley doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. And he makes a very good point here, you know, about about the jab. Now, I'm not making any any statements on the jab here, but you have to understand where he's coming from with this statement here. If you got the jab, why? Why should you be worried about my jab status? You know, I mean, I don't walk around people. I mean, thank God I live in Texas. And I don't walk around thinking. All right, this person, do they have the jab and not the jab? I mean, should I go near them? Let me stay away from them. I don't live my life like that. I live my life the best I can. I don't worry about uh, the jab status of uh, people around me. I got a guy working in working on my kitchen right now. I never asked him about his jab status. Is he wearing a mask? No, he's not wearing a mask. He's actually done several things around the house for me for uh, several months. Never once did I ask him about his jab status. And he never asked me about my jab status. Never have. It's none of my business. Okay. But I do allow allow him into my house to do work around my house because I'm paying him too. And I'm pretty sure he enjoys the, the money that I'm giving him to do the work. But, You can see that's the difference, you know, between, I guess, being where I am and being in the People's Republic of New York. I mean, it's like it's a completely different country, folks. I mean, it it just is. It just is. I mean, there's speculation out there, you know, about that. California has basically seceded from the union. I guess New York uh, pretty much has two. I don't like this. I don't like uh, fans booing Cole Beasley because he doesn't want to get the jab. That's that man's choice. That's the man's choice. If you like the government telling you what to do, that's fine. You can just let the government, you know, tell you what to do and you listen to them. But we're supposed to have freedom in this country. And if he doesn't want to get the jab, I don't think he should be mandated to get the jab. Now, the players union, you know, they don't have mandates in place for the players. The NFL is doing that. Now they do have rules in place, and I'm pretty sure Cole Beasley is abiding by uh, all the rules. But I do think he did get fined, if I'm not mistaken. I think he did. Or Maybe it was the other receiver on his team. I don't remember exactly for sure. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Bills fans booing Cole Beasley because he refuses to get the jab? I don't like it. I really don't like it, even though the fans, you know, they have every right to boo Uh, Cole Beasley. They can boo whoever they want. That's their business. But Cole Beasley, I don't think he's going to bend the knee like Andrew Wiggins when it comes to the jab. Cole Beasley still can play in every single game. Andrew Wiggins was facing, you know, basically losing half of his salary. So he bent the knee. That's not the case with Cole Beasley. Just not the case. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? black and white sports fans, or black and white live fans, I should say. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Live, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into... Black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and white sports fans, the NBA, these NBA players that are so woke, they are learning a hard lesson right now that when you go against the leftist narrative, you are no friend of the left. And NBA players have been getting roasted by the media because apparently, you know, the NBA has a 95 percent vaccination rate. And of course, that is not good enough for the for the woke media and the woke mob. NBA players that don't want to get the jab, they have been crucified out there. And when it comes to LeBron James, LeBron James said, I got the jab, but I'm not going to force anybody else to get the jab. This is clearly a violation of the leftist rules out there. This clearly goes against CNN and their belief. And LeBron James is no friend of the left now. This is actually glorious to watch, you know, because LeBron James speaks out on everything. But when it comes to the jab, he's sounding like you and me. It's your choice if you want to get the jab. If you don't want to get it, that's fine as well. Now, guys, I want to be very, very clear. Okay, if you want to get the jab or thinking about get the jab, don't listen to athletes. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to CNN. Definitely don't listen to CNN when it comes to this. You check with your own medical health care provider to make the best decision for yourself. With that being said, guys. An NBA player, former NBA player, has now called out one LeBron James on CNN because LeBron James doesn't want to speak out and tell everyone to get the jab especially when it comes to NBA players. And I'm talking about Enos Cantor. He was actually on with CNN and they were talking about the jab and LeBron James. And yet again, LeBron James should know he is not a friend of the left. The left doesn't care about him. If you go against their playbook, you will be vilified. The NBA is learning a cold, hard lesson about all of this. And also CNN tries to race bait the whole virus thing, too. You'll hear that in the clip I'm going to play here in a second. But Enos Cantor blasts LeBron James on live television for his opinion on COVID-19 vaccine. And here is the clip. And Enos Cantor called what LeBron said about um, it's not his job, you know, to go out there and make people get the jab. He calls it ridiculous. So let's go ahead, guys, and let's listen to this clip that Ennis Cantor actually had with uh, CNN, this interview here. And you can see the clip here. NBA struggling to get 100 percent of their players vaccinated. So that is a struggle. okay? to CNN. You must get 100 percent of everybody vaccinated in the NBA, according to CNN. Now, we know that will never happen. And when it comes to the general population, That's not going to happen either. It's just a fact. But let's listen to this ridiculousness over here on CNN. Here we go.
3: LeBron James finally revealed um, Mm -hmm. just recently that he is vaccinated, but
1: he declined to call on others to do the same. Do you think players like LeBron James, who are so high profile, so looked up to, um,
3: have a responsibility to protect not only his fellow players, but also the black community when we know the black community has been disproportionately impacted by this virus. By
2: You see what CNN does? They try to make this a racial issue. That's what they're trying to do. Saying, oh, the black community has been disproportionately, you know, affected by the virus. They're trying to play the race card. Ladies and gentlemen, the virus does not care what race you are. It affects black people, white people. Yellow people, green people, purple people, it does not matter. But, of course, you know, CNN, they have to play the race card. COVID. You know, when I I heard it, I was very disappointed, and it's ridiculous. You know, obviously, LeBron James, he's one of the face of the uh, league, and he should be the first one to go. He should be the first one to go. You hear what he said. Go out there and say, listen, everyone, you know, I, I got the vaccine, and I'm, to encouraging everyone, my community, you know, everyone, basketball fans, non-basketball fans, all the uh, sport fans are just going out there to get this uh, vaccine so we can save other uh, lives. So, I, so when I heard that, I just couldn't uh, believe it. But um, I hope he can educate himself uh, about this uh, vaccination and inspire and encourage uh, other people around him. See, it will never, ever be enough for the left. So LeBron James is a basketball player. LeBron James is not a doctor. He should not be giving any type of medical advice. And I will say hats off to LeBron James for not actually going out there and trying to give medical advice to people. Now, one thing we know about the jab and everything, there's certain people with certain medical conditions that cannot get it. You know, that's just a fact. It's out there. There's been some people that have been recommended by their doctors. Not to get it. Uh, there's this one condition I can't remember the name of. There was this uh, one um, rock star uh, said that he was advised not to get it because of um, a certain condition that he has. Now, like I said before, you check with your own medical health health care provider. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to LeBron James. We're not doctors. OK, so for Enos Cancer to go out there and saying LeBron James should be the first one to speak up. And encourage everybody to get the jab. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry, I don't get my medical advice from anybody in Hollywood, anybody in sports, anybody in the media. I get my healthcare advice from my doctor. This is what I do. This whole thing has become completely political, and these NBA players are fighting back against any type of mandate, you know. But I said it before. They wanted you to vote for people that are pretty much now trying to mandate the jab on you. But their union doesn't want uh, the jab implemented on them. They are learning a cold, hard lesson about all of this. This is what happens when you get involved in politics. When you mix sports and politics, the politicians out there, the media, they expect you to fall in line 100 percent of the time. And any Cantor out there. Calling what LeBron James said ridiculous on CNN. I believe this is crazy as well. I'm no fan of one LeBron James. You guys know where we stand with him. I believe he's pretty, pretty ignorant and pretty stupid. But when it comes to the jab, I agree with what he said. It's up to you to do his best for you. Nobody should be pushing the jab on you at all. It should be your doctor giving you uh, just medical advice. And if you want to get the jab because your doctor said so. Go right ahead. I'm not going to give you any type of medical advice whatsoever. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, Enos Cantor calling LeBron James's statement on the jab ridiculous on CNN, and CNN has to race bait the whole entire virus thing. I'm so sick and tired of this, guys. I really, really am. But NBA players better wake up that the media the leftists out there, they're not your friend. As long as you, uh, go against their, their narrative, you don't, you won't be a friend of the left because they are not open up to any type of, you know, free thinking out there. And some of these NBA players now, they're, they're actually out there saying, this is what I think of it is going against the leftist playbook and the left. They hate it. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
3: I'm back road for black and white sports. Oh, NASCAR had a moment last night. Yeah. Uh, gentleman went out, won the NASCAR race. And then there was an awkward interview for the NBC reporter. When they interviewed the guy, the crowd was chanting F Joe Biden. She even tried to play it off with something else. We're going to show you the video. We will, uh, funny, hilarious. Um, uh, this is where we are. Look, people are, people are speaking. People are letting their, mind, their minds, their thoughts, their feelings out. Aaron Lewis, who's got the great song that's out right now, Am I the Only One? Uh, he led a F Joe Biden chant the other day during his concert, and uh, that was awesome. So let's check this out. It's taking the country by storm. This is from our guys at OutKick. Watch NASCAR crowds erupt into F Joe Biden chant during live interview. Despite the record of votes giving Joe Biden as, quote-unquote, the most popular president in U.S. history, yeah, right, the American people are saying otherwise in a very explicit manner. During a post-race interview at Talladega Super Speedway for NASCAR Infinity Series, thousands of spectators in the stands behind winner Brandon Brown broke into F Joe Biden chants as Brown and an NBC interviewer tried to casually brush it off. And this is, this is really what's funny. Quote, let's go, Brandon, said the interviewer nervously chuckled as she tried covering up the crowd's message for the viewers tuning in at home. Brown did his best to her the moment after winning the Sparks Energy 300, even if it fell second to the night's viral moment quote oh my god it's a dream come true responded Brown likely mirroring former President Trump's thoughts on the Saturday night scene and it says turns out you don't get to 81 million votes without making a few enemies uh yeah and this will credit Clay Travis on this video let's play it rat now thank you to all of our partners oh my god it's just such an unbelievable moment
1: Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the the crowd.
3: Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh, my God. It was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one. And everything shifted top to bottom so much. Okay, so... We're seeing this all over the place. It took over a Yankees-Mets game last week. It's completely taken over stadiums at college football games. All over the place. I'm waiting for this to bust out in the NFL. Bust it out. If you're going to watch the big game tonight on NBC Sunday night, if you're going to be at the game, we need to get that going viral. We need some F Joe Biden chants during the Patriots and the Bucks game, when Tom Brady comes back, to hell with Adele. Let's get that going. We need the F Joe Biden uh, chant going during the big game tonight. They're anticipating it may be the most watched NFL regular season game ever. Uh, we'll see. It's being called the biggest NFL regular season game ever. Uh, so I don't know. This is awesome. Look, it's good to see, and we know there are still awesome fans in NASCAR that Bubba Wallace and Bubba Smollett Wallace did not run everybody away with all of his antics last year. That was the thing that actually blew this channel up, was the Bubba Wallace NASCAR hoax. Uh, that's when this channel exploded. Um, we all remember that. It was a garage pull rope, Bubba. You did Dumb idiot. Oh, this is funny. This is hilarious. F. Joe Biden chants are taking over America during sporting events. There are proud Americans still attending sports, getting out there, not being trapped in their house, and it is glorious to see. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure
0: to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. tuning into black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now
2: black and white live fans. The cat is out the bag about the vaccination status. Now of Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins was on record that he did not want to get the jab. However, he plays for the golden state warriors in the people's Republic of California and without the jab, he would not be allowed to play in home games because San Francisco has a jab mandate that you must get the jab in order to enter the arena. So a lot of um things were up in the air with Andrew Wiggins. Was he actually going to bend the knee and get the jab? Apparently now, guys, Andrew Wiggins has now bent the knee and gotten the jab. folks. let's check this out. Steve Kerr says Andrew Wiggins has taken COVID-19 vaccine will be allowed at home games because without that, he was not going to get paid for any games missed. The NBA came out and said that players that don't um, actually align with uh, the local mandates and they have to miss games, they don't get a paycheck. This is sad, man. It seems like, you know, he has gotten this against his will. But let's read this article here. The Golden State Warriors have averted a potential crisis. Andrew Wiggins, who has taken has taken a COVID-19 vaccine, head coach Steve Kerr told reporters on Sunday. That means he'll be allowed to play in Golden State home games. Wiggins had previously expressed skepticism about COVID-19 vaccines, leaving his status in doubt for the upcoming season. Warriors players who aren't vaccinated aren't allowed access to the Chase Center doing games without an exemption. A San Francisco regulation prohibits unvaccinated people 12 years and older from attending large indoor gatherings. Home players are subject to the rule where visiting players are not. Now, think of that, guys. If Andrew Wiggins was on the opposing team and he didn't get the jab, he'll be able to get in. But however, since he plays for the home team, and if he didn't get the jab, he wouldn't be allowed to play. Think about how stupid that actually does sound. The NBA denied Wiggins a re- request for a religious exemption. No major religion prohibits his followers from taking a vaccine, meaning that without a vaccine, he wouldn't have been available for Golden State's 41 41- regular season home games and beyond. Well, Now think of this. If there is a religious exemption, then he should actually, you know, be able to use that if his religion actually says, you know what, don't get the jab. But in this article here, it says that no major religion prohibits his followers from taking a jab. Now, it is what it is. Okay, let's just go on. The NBA announced last week that players who miss home games due to local regulations won't be paid for those missed games. Wiggins slated to start at shooting guard until Klay Thompson returns is scheduled to earn $31.6 million this season. So guys, he pretty much would have lost out on about $15 million because he would have missed every single home game. If he didn't get the jab, you know, And if you play New York, you know, he missed some of those. So probably a little bit uh, under $15 million. So it looks like he bent the knee to the money. New York has a similar regulation requiring Nets and Brooklyn Nets players to be vaccinated to access their home arenas. The New York Nets announced that all their players have been vaccinated. Nets guard Kyrie Irving reportedly hasn't taken a vaccine. He's declined to publicly address his status but was not permitted to attend last week's Nets Media Day in person with the team citing COVID-19 regulations. So I'm wondering now, guys, what does this mean for Kyrie Irving? Because now that Andrew Wiggins has bent the knee and gotten a jab, and I'm thinking this is against his will. I believe, you know, that there's going to be a lot of pressure on other players to fall in line. And do something that they don't really feel like they want to do. If you want to get the jab, that's fine. If you don't want to get it, that's fine too. You do as best for you. We're not giving you medical advice. You check with your healthcare provider to make the best possible decision for yourself. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Andrew Wiggins bending the knee now? And did he go after the money? Because he wasn't going to get paid. He definitely... Set a new precedent here that the NBA pretty much now has something in place to where if you don't get the jab, that could be consequences, especially, you know, if you're in San Francisco, even though the players don't have a mandate. But, man, there's a bunch of pressure on the unbats players. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and white sports fans, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised about this topic that we're going to be talking about here today. We talked about this person on many videos here on his channel when it came to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And that person is Laurel Hubbard, a biological man that competed at the Olympics in female weightlifting. Female weightlifting. And Laurel Hubbard was an unmitigated disaster at the Olympics. And folks, Laurel Hubbard now is being honored. Honored. As sports woman of the year. Not sports person of the year. Sports woman of the year. Even though Laurel Hubbard is a biological man. And I do mean a man, grown man, Laura Hubbard identified as a female for like the past, what, three, four years, something like that. Laura Hubbard, if I'm not mistaken, is like 43, 45 years old, somewhere around there. A whole entire life as a man. Down to the DNA. decided to compete against females and actually broke records that were actually set in New Zealand. And Laura Hubbard gets to the Olympics, and I believe I called it divine intervention. Laurel Hubbard failed miserably at the Olympics, couldn't even complete one single lift. And the gold, silver and bronze medalists, they rejected Laurel Hubbard because they were actually asked about Laurel Hubbard and they had nothing to say about Laurel Hubbard. However, guys, this is the woke times we're living in, guys. Olympic transgender weightlifter Laura Hubbard named Sportswoman of the Year. Oh boy. Here we go. The 43 year old became the first openly transgender competitor in an individual event at the Olympic Games when he stepped onto the platform for the women's 87 kilogram weightlifting. Unfortunately, He failed to record a successful lift, struggling to bag a 120 kilogram kilogram snatch and two follow up attempts at one twenty five kilograms. Therefore, forfeiting uh, forfeiting him from the clean and jerk. Nevertheless, it was a historic feat to even compete. And it's been recognized by his home nation. The University of Atoga. Ataga, however you pronounce it, toga, togo, awarded Hubbard the title at the Blues Awards on Tuesday, September twenty eighth. He's the first transgender person to win the award in its one hundred and thirteenth history. So Laura Hubbard is still in this award from a female. I'm pretty sure, guys, that there is a deserving female out there for this award because this is a Sports woman award. It should go to a woman. Women in sports have been very, very critical about Laurel Hubbard competing against females. It's not right. Women's sports is clearly under attack. In a statement to the. Otago daily times. Hubbard said. He was grateful for all of the support and kindness received from the teaching staff, and students at Otoga University. Quote, It is not possible for athletes to compete at the Olympic level without the encouragement and a high of friends, family, and supporters. This award belongs to everyone who has been part of my Olympic journey. Really? Okay. Herbert's place in the game sparked criticism from some, some corners, despite the fact that he met the rules laid out by the International Olympic Committee. Quote, I see the Olympic Games as a global celebration of our hopes, ideals and values. And I would like to thank the IOC for its commitment to making sport inclusive and accessible. He said after qualifying. Quote, I know that from a sporting perspective, I haven't really hit the standards that I put upon myself and perhaps the standards that my country has expected from me. But one of the things for which I am proudly grateful is that these supporters in New Zealand have given me so much and have been beyond astonishing, Hubbard said during the games. Unreal, guys. I'm pretty sure that there's no doubt about it. This is some woke university out there. Basically, you know, rewarding failure. Laurel Hubbard was a failure at the Olympics. Could not complete one single lift. Not one. But Laurel Hubbard is getting this award for identity politics. This university couldn't actually find a female to win this award. I'm pretty sure they could. But oh no. They needed the virtue signal. And we've been telling you guys, women's sports is under attack. There's no doubt about it. It is under attack. I mean, Rhodes has done many videos on um, the uh, MITS martial arts fighter out there. Uh, Navy SEAL, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not Navy SEAL. I believe it was the Army Ranger, former Army Ranger, jumped into the octagon and beat up on a biological female. This is insane. This should not be happening in sports. This is completely unfair. Bone structure. I mean, Laura Hubbard had a whole lifetime to develop bone structure. And when it comes to male and females, we have different bone structures. We just do. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Laura Hubbard sports woman of the year. That's actually coming out of my mouth. It actually happened. It shouldn't be happening, but it did happen.
0: The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and white sports fans, let's talk about Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib. Now, a couple of weeks ago, well, actually a couple of months ago, I should say, Carl Nassib actually came out and said that he was gay. I made a video on that, and um, I basically said, you know what? This really is not a big deal. It's not a surprise that an NFL player is gay. I'm willing to bet, guys, that there is more than one gay NFL player in the league right now. They're just not coming out like Carl Nassib. Now, he came out, and I'm thinking, well, he really didn't have to do that. Why is he doing this? He actually donated money to some kind of a charity, and that was pretty much it. Now, he did make a bit play in week one of this NFL season to help the Raiders win a game. But now, guys... He has come out on an interview and he's actually talked about coming out the closet. And he was actually a bit hesitant to actually come out because he actually thought this could actually affect his career. So, guys, let's go over here to Fox News here. Raiders Carl Nassib on coming out gay. Quote, I didn't know if it would ruin my career. Now, me personally, guys, this is the way I think on this, if you can play, you can play. In the case of a Michael Sam, who became the first openly gay athlete to get drafted into the NFL, Michael Sam couldn't play. Carl Nassib obviously can play because this is his sixth season. Michael Sam never saw a regular season game because he could not play. It had nothing to do with his sexuality. But it says here, Las Vegas Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib became the first active player in league history to come out as gay in June. In a recent interview on combat stories with Darren Waller and Donnie Starkins, Nassif said he was concerned that coming out would ruin his NFL career. Quote, I thought about it every once in a while. I thought about how I wanted to do it. When I could do it, Nassif said on the show. I didn't know how people would react. I wanted I wanted to make sure I was financially stable before I did it. I didn't know if it would ruin my career. I didn't know if guys would be supportive or not. Close quote. Okay, so he actually came out. I believe it was on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, Instagram or Twitter. I don't remember exactly which one. I think it was Instagram. No. And he said, basically, hey, I'm gay. This is who I am. That was pretty much it. And I'm going to donate money to some charity, some uh, LGBT charity. That's pretty much it. Okay, that was in the story right there. To me, anyway, at least I thought that would be the end. Um, He never went in into any detail about any of this until now. However, Carl Nassab didn't even know he was gay up until about four years ago. So did he ever date women or anything like that? I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. But it says here, Nassif said that he realized he was gay four years ago and he didn't want to come out right away because he was more focused on his career and establishing himself in the league. Nassif felt like it was his responsibility to come out and make it sociably acceptable in the locker room. Now, obviously, I've never been in a locker room. And when you think of the NFL, you think of men wanting to be men and being with women. Now, we know that's obviously not going to be the case in every situation. In the case of Carl Nassib, you know, maybe he's thinking about it this way. He's in the locker room with all these guys. And we know in NFL locker rooms and in the showers, you know, there's going to be a bunch of naked men in there. And maybe some guys would actually feel uncomfortable. I don't really know. I've never been in that situation. Now, I've been in the Navy and boot camp. Yeah, you're going to shower with guys butt naked. That's just the way it is. But um, I'm coming from a standpoint is my standpoint is I'm not in the LGBT community. So I don't know exactly how he feels, but I'm thinking he was going to be OK. He was going to be his career would have been OK because think of the times we're living in, guys. Right now, you actually have a Playboy bunny. I believe it's Playboy. That's not a woman. A Playboy Bunny that's a man. Think about that. 20 years ago, you would never saw that happen, but it's happening right now. This is the days that we're living in right now. Quote, When I decided to come out, it was not easy, NASA said. Personally, for my life, I didn't want to do it, but I felt a huge obligation to my community, to all the young kids out there who are struggling with their sexuality. If I could just help a few of them out, then I could sleep better at night, close quote. Nassav, a Penn State product, is in his sixth season in the NFL and is second with the Raiders. He also spent time with the Cleveland Browns and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before Nassav, no openly gay or bisexual player had previously played a regular season down in the NFL. Michael Sam was openly gay when drafted out of the University of Missouri in 2014 But Sam never made a roster spot in the league. Now, we actually did have a Hall of Hall of Famer Warren Moon come out and said that he actually played with uh, multiple uh, gay players. He didn't think it was a big deal. And we know that Warren Warren Moon played back in the 80s and the 90s for the most part. And it was never a big deal. But now we're living in a different time. It's actually more socially acceptable now for people to come out as part of the LGBT community. We have seen that. So I believe that Carl Nassib would have been just fine. Now, if this was in the 1980s, maybe not so much, but he is in the most friendliest time for members of the LGBT community. I don't think that anything would have happened to him. I still think he would have had a career if he can play. Now, obviously this is season like I said before he can play that's the only um thing that I see right there can he play i don't I don't really think this is much of a a big deal I understand his concern you know I get that but all in all if you can play you can play you'll be be on an NFL roster no matter your sexuality in today's NFL That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans that Carl Nassif actually had to be concerned about his NFL uh, future, his career for coming out as gay? I don't think he had to worry about it in this age, maybe back, you know, 20, 30 years ago. That actually could have been a legitimate concern, but I don't think it's a concern on anything right now. I really don't.
0: tuning into black and white sports on YouTube the no holds
3: barred truth on sports the main event starts now I'm back Roger Ants for black and white sports well the other day ESPN shot the news to Katie Nolan well I'm sure there's a number of reasons for that one would be her shows just didn't draw the ratings they were looking for. Well, now we have a member of the sports media who's ultra-woke, The Guardian, has swooped in to write a little hit piece on ESPN, basically virtue signal on behalf of Katie Nolan, all right, and uh, celebrate her. And this is where I got the real problem with all this. ESPN should have just kept her on because she's got a vagina. I mean, that's it. They should have kept her on. Because she's got a vagina, which I hate to break it to you. So do a lot of other women that also makes her no better than anybody else. And that's where I run into the issue with all of this crap. Your shows don't have to perform. Your shows don't have to draw views. Your shows don't have to get ratings. As long as you got that vagina, you should keep a job. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. At the end of the day, viewers equals dollar signs. Now, what's funny about all this is uh, the exercise in delusion at ESPN. All this wokeness they have done. They they have tanked their entire brand going woke. Now, we know they've moved in a more, quote-unquote, diverse direction, which means, oh, if you're a white female, you're subject to get the ax. Don't believe me? Ask Rachel Nichols. Ah, so you got to be woke like Katie Nolan, and she is woke. Okay, she's out there virtue, virtue signaling like crazy. But you also got to be black or some other ethnicity, although we have shown it's best to be primarily black these days if you want to succeed in a media business like ESPN. Now, The Guardian, okay, in writing this article, it's so funny how. They don't mention how woke ESPN is. Now, of course, they're not going to use that terminology, right? But their goals for being diverse and tanking their brand. And this is why this is sort of funny that this the sports media and I mean, the Guardians not even they're not even a sports media outlet, but it's so funny that these articles are getting written and people are taking shots at ESPN because they've Went so hard on being woke, but it's never enough now, is it? It is never enough. You tank your whole whole brand, and you're still getting hit pieces like this written about you, about Katie Nolan. Now, let's get to this author, uh, Melissa Jacobs, who I guess believes Katie Nolan should keep a job because she's got a vagina. ESPN should have built around the brilliant... Katie Nolan. Her exit is their loss. Hmm. The star falls in the footsteps of Jamel Hill. Well, look, when you start naming off Jamel Hill, and that's the first name you come up with, boy, you've lost me on having any credibility whatsoever. That's the most talentless hack I've ever, ever seen that's been elevated in any platforms ever. I mean, Jason Whitlock, I believe a while back, said she's supposed to be a journalist, but name one damn thing she's ever wrote that was worth reading. He's right. Carrie Champion. I'm going to be honest with you. I like Carrie Champion, and I think she is talented, and I think she's somebody that ESPN probably should have kept. Michelle Beadle. I used to be a huge Michelle Beadle fan. She lost her mind over Trump. As outspoken women, no longer with the broadcaster. Only Katie Nolan could take an unpleasant topic like trolling of sports, a female sports journalist, and turning it into an hilar- hilarious skit that makes your lungs ache from laughter. Yeah, except it didn't make enough lungs ache. Nobody was watching it. Nolan's secret society of women in sports media also made me a woman. In sports media, want to punch a wall and let me feeling empowered to rebel against systematic misogyny. If you're sitting back worried about the fact that there's so many men in the business, maybe you need to find another business. I'm, I'm sorry, but work harder at your craft. That's the Katie Nolan effect. You feel things. Oh, God. When ESPN hired Nolan in late 2017, it was a no brainer the uber-talented Nolan had quickly risen from a Boston bartender making YouTube videos in her spare time to being such an undeniable star that Fox created its own show for her, Garbage Time. The show was eventually canceled. Let me read that again. The show was eventually canceled due to low ratings, which this author tends to believe it's because of the time slot she was getting. Not, not, not because of her talent and the fact that nobody specifically wanted to tune in to watch her. But not for before winning a sports Emmy and earning Nolan Colt status. Her blend of hilarious bits and searing takes on sports' most uncomfortable issues, such as her takedown of the NFL for allowing Greg Hardy back in the league. Well, i got to give Nolan some credit for that. I don't think they should have let Greg Hardy back in the league either. Fox knew they had a special talent, but instead of finding Nolan a new role, they let her just sit under contract for seven months before ESPN evidently swooped in. I wonder if you meant eventually there. I don't know. You would think a behemoth like ESPN would have a concrete plan for Nolan, especially given that she was given a contract and was reportedly worth more than a million dollars a year. A million dollars a year? Are you shitting me? Her own show, a weekly special edition of SportsCenter, or another known ratings earner, anything. But instead, it offered her a vague description of her new show as a, quote, prominent digital presence, while also making appearances across ESPN Studio programming. Okay, so guys, what happens here is ESPN puts personalities out there for you to get to know. Well, they, they can look at the ratings down to the minute on their programming. Radio, TV, you name it. And if the ratings don't hold or they don't improve when somebody's on, what is that going to tell ESPN? In hindsight, this, this already marked the beginning of the end of Nolan's tenure at ESPN. And that became official on Wednesday. Nolan announced on Twitter that she is no longer with the company. By the way, she had kind of a, I believe she had a feud with Jason Whitlock a while back. And this is what she said. I thought about sending this tweet for weeks and I still have no clue how to make it not make you all roll your eyes. I'll, Alas, the obvious thing has happened. I am no longer working for ESPN. I'm really grateful for my time here. I made incredible friendships and valuable mistakes. Okay, well, at least she's got some self-awareness if she thinks she made mistakes. ESPN has employed no shortage of sports anchors and personalities known for their humor. Kenny Mayne, Kenny Mayne's a legend. Michelle Beadle, that was a time when Beadle was great. And Dan Lebitard, also a time when Dan Lebetard was great. And then he lost his mind jumping on that social justice train. But in Nolan, the network had a comedic tour de force. A a driven and talented creative genius with a proven track record of executing unique material. A proven track record? If it doesn't draw ratings, that's not a proven track record. Nolan is the kind of rare talent you build around. Not a quarterback. You plunk into an archaic offense. You see these people that write these articles when when they're ultra woke. You they always use uh, that kind of that kind of language. Archaic. Oh God, come on. There's nothing wrong with the word traditional. I'm so tired of that word getting shit on. But ESPN neglected to do so. Instead of adding her talents to the heart of their universe. To the heart of their universe. If she don't draw ratings, why are they going to put her at the heart of anything? And finally, having a shot to perfect that sports entertainment crossover piece, they never quite got right. They experimented with her on the peripheral. Without much fanfare, Nolan was tasked with hosting a version of Sports Center for Snapchat. Aimed at reeling in a younger audience, she also made guest appearances on Levitar's Highly Questionable, where she developed an incredible chemistry with the host. But there are, there was never a true high-profile role for Nolan at ESPN. She eventually lost, launched her podcast, Sports, question mark, and was finally given her own show, Always Late with Katie Nolan. In 2019, where she offered recognizable Nolan sketches, sketches, like inviting fans who troll college kickers to attempt real field goals and reading the angriest sports stadium one-star Yelp reviews. But even Nolan's show was digital at first before making its way to ESPN 2, again in less than an ideal time slot. Well, if they thought she deserved a better time slot, they'd have given it to her. All told, ESPN never embraced Nolan and missed an opportunity they may not have again for some time. Despite ESPN's apparent mismanagement of Nolan, her popularity continued to soar and spur on a new generation of sports journalists trying their luck in the sports humor space. Yet, it's hard to think of anyone offering the same blend of charisma, authenticness, and ability to make a viewer care about sports on a deeper level. Nolan follows in the footsteps of Jamel Hill, Carrie champion and beetle as outspoken women who are no longer at ESPN. They go on to talk about, she might get some opportunities with the ringer or with, uh, Dan Levittor, John Skipper's metal Lark. So here's my thing. You notice it was never Katie Nolan's fault. Katie Nolan admitted she, she made some mistakes. But this, this person writing this, this article at The Guardian, there was no blame to be th- thrown at Katie Nolan whatsoever. She should keep her job because she evidently inspired this journalist, and she should keep her job because she is only and strictly a woman. That's it. A funny woman, I guess. And humorous. But because you're, you're, you're a funny vagina you're entitled to keep your role or stay with the network, or in this case, get promoted when your shows aren't doing well. I'm not sure this woman understands how business works. You know, viewers in television equal advertising dollars. And if you can't pull viewers, you're not going to stay on the air. And when I read this article, I was like, wait a minute. You're literally writing an article just to say, by the way, accusing the most woke network ever of not being woke enough, woke to the point of tanking their entire brand. And look, outside of live sports, outside of live sports, ESPN's ratings are terrible. They're absolutely awful. And it's because, I mean, let's be honest. They've bent the need to so many people like this person that wrote this article that they've destroyed their own brand. Now, I'm sure Rachel Nichols is somewhere going, I'm a woman, why didn't you keep me? Well, ESPN's lane now is diverse women. Mm. Okay. So uh, that's the reason most likely Katie Nolan and Rachel Nichols got sent the door. I mean, Rachel Nichols had a private conversation, and I guess you can't have private conversations anymore. Look, what I've seen of Katie Nolan has been, Somewhat entertaining. I'm not into the sports humor thing. I'm not into the sports entertainment crossover thing. Very much outside of wrestling. Uh, but look, I just put wrestling and football in, in two different categories. Okay? Katie Nolan wasn't drawing ratings. Or they would have found somewhere better to put her. And look, there's been some great talent that has worked at ESPN. Linda Cohn was a a woman who was on Sports Center and she's legendarily great. Okay? I have no problem with the fact that she's a woman, but you could tell Linda Co. paid her dues and was great at her job, and you could see why they would promote her up into doing sports centers. All right. So I saw this article and was like, wait, this this media entity literally believes. Katie Nolan should have kept her job because she's got a vagina. Horse shit. I'm so tired of that. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Are you a big Katie Nolan fan? I mean, let me know in the comments section. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to
0: like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into... Black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
3: I'm back. Road for black and white sports. We've got a true cats and dogs living in harmony situation brewing right now. Because people that you don't expect to actually agree with are starting to make a lot of comments and are starting to be vocal, publicly vocal. About things that we we line up on, we see eye to eye on. Now, certainly doesn't mean we're going to see eye to eye on everything. I mean, look, I had to give LeBron James some credit. I'm pretty sure my skin melted right off having to do it. But the fact was, look, LeBron coming out and saying you getting the jab was your own personal choice. That was your own that's your own freedom, and he was not going to endorse pushing it on anybody. That's exactly how we feel. Okay? Uh, So, look, I got to acknowledge that. I want to be fair. Well, now we've got somebody else that actually works for ESPN coming out and slamming the media, blaming them for all the hysteria going on right now. I got to give Jay Williams some credit. Now, if you don't know who Jay Williams is, he's got a radio show, he's been on, uh, he played for Duke. At one time, Jay Williams was a hell of a point guard, and he got drafted by the Chicago Bulls, had a great year, had a motorcycle accident, and that basically ended. That that made it a wrap. That made it a wrap. Look, I've hammered Jay Williams on things on this channel myself, Uh, but he got this one right, okay? So let's check this out. Uh, We're going to check this out, and very quickly before we get to that, Let's check this out. Make sure you go over and grab this. The Media is the Real Virus shirt. It's still far and away our number one best-selling shirt we've ever had. And that's saying a lot. LaChina James flew out the door. Um, And three or four other ones really flew out the door. But this one destroyed all the sales records. It still sells continuously every day. You can grab it out of the merch store. Use promo code ESPCNN for 25% off of this shirt or any other shirt in the merch store. Let's get to this story. Yeah, and I will play the video that uh, Jay Williams released, too. ESPN's Jay Williams slams media for fueling the war on unvaxxed NBA players. The fear-mongering needs to stop. 95% of NBA players are vaccinated against the Wuhan virus, and ESPN's Jay Williams is fed up with the narrative being flipped to focus on the league stars who are refusing the jab. The media needs to, the media is the problem, Williams ranted in a Twitter video. And guys, let's just go ahead and let's play that video right now.
1: Yo, two things that really bother me, damn it. I, and I have to tell you this shit because I have to get it off my mind. I don't even curse like that, but obviously, you know, this really bothers me. Number one, the media is a problem. The fear mongering needs to stop. Every damn narrative I've read over the past several days, and I'll use the NBA as a microcosm of the bigger issue, is the unvax versus the vax. The, the minority's voice that shouldn't be heard. The, the progressive NBA is not setting the right example. Oh, what's going on? Andrew Wiggins, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Bill. The municipalities in cities like Toronto, New York, uh, San Francisco. This is problematic because the real narrative is over 90% of the damn NBA is vaccinated. Is vaccinated. But what do we do? We double down. We triple down on the unvax. Then we turn into the unvax versus the backs. Don't do that. Stop doing that. And number two, this really bothers me even more than number one. For anybody out there that uses belittling language. To people out there that debase people who are unvaxxed. To people out there that try to talk down the people that are unvaxxed. You are part of the damn problem. Because how you communicate a message to somebody will dictate whether they actually receive your message or not. How you advocate for somebody on where they get their resources from as it relates to their knowledge about certain subject matter will dictate whether that person actually hears you or not, so stop talking down to people stop making this about unvax versus vax we 're one damn people, and obviously we need to move forward collectively together and we need to talk more sense to people instead of talking nonsense to them about making them feel smaller or beneath us because they're not thinking the way we're thinking. That's my two cents for today.
3: The NBA teams held their media day this week as the upcoming season's training camp tipped off. Players holding press conferences in unison allowed for constant flow of audio from the small percentage of players who were refusing the jab, fueling the narrative that the NBA has a vaccine problem. Yeah, 95 out of 100 of their players have had the jab. I mean, it's crazy, but people are getting mad that other people who are getting the jab doesn't want to endorse the jab. Then you got people co-signing the people that are agreeing with that narrative, and the media is losing their mind. I mean, they're going after everybody. They're going after people like LeBron James and Draymond Green just because they agree that it should be the personal choice of the player. Think about that. People that's had the jab, the media's going after. Quote, this is the problem. And and celebrity. Whoopi Goldberg went after LeBron James. This is problematic, the former NBA and current ESPN host added. Because the real narrative is over 90% of the damn NBA is vaccinated. But what do we do? We double and triple down on the unvaxxed. We turn it into unvaccinated versus vaccinated. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Williams also believes the message being given to the unvaccinated players and population is lost in how it's portrayed. Quote, for anybody out there that uses belittling language to people out there that debase people who are unvaxxed, to people out there that try to talk down to people that are unvaxxed, you are the part of the damn problem. Bravo. Williams said, quote, because you communicate a message to somebody will dictate whether they receive actually receive your message or not. That's, that's a fact, too. Williams himself is fully vaccinated, and I promise you somebody will come out and write a hit piece against Jay Williams for saying this very thing. He, they will do it. Williams himself is fully vaccinated against the Wuhan virus and suffered a breakthrough infection in July, which forced him to miss covering the end of the NBA Finals for ESPN. And look, there's a lot of things going on out there like Clay Travis and Mark Cuban are at war over the damn jab. And the Mavericks' policies to get into the arena, well, they don't make any sense. Clay Travis pointed it out. He's like, why is vaccinated people not having to show proof that that they're negative prior to getting into the game just like unvaccinated? Because we know you can still, quote-unquote, get the virus even if you're vaccinated, right? Uh, So... It's things like that that doesn't make sense. I got to give Jay Williams some credit here for jumping out, slamming the media. It's ridiculous. Bill Maher mentioned something last night during his show, and Twitter lost their ever-loving minds when it came to uh, when it came to the virus. They they're canceling Bill Maher, trying to. We know they won't, but they're going full on. He 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 he's not a lefty anymore. He's a libertarian. He's a he's a MAGA Trump supporter. Bill Maher got called that today. Think about that a minute, okay? I mean, Bill Maher's a classical liberal, right? Um, and no, he's not getting red pilled. But Jay Williams' point is, the media is the problem. They're causing this. They're fanning the flames on against people that are vaccinated that just happen to have the back of people that aren't vaccinated, okay? And the media has led you to believe that there's a vac problem in the NFL and the NBA, and there's not, okay? There's not. They Now, look, they've set up rules that are so ridiculous that, in my opinion, it coerces and forces these players to take it, all right? I mean, I'm sorry, but if, if these rules weren't so damn restrictive, some of these pl- more players would have said no. No, I'm not comfortable doing it. But they just went and did it because they were like, fuck it. It'll make my life easier, and I don't have to put up with all the negativity. Well, that's not really truly agreeing to do it, okay? I mean, just, you know, I'm going to do it because I feel like that's what I should do from a whatever health perspective or however they're doing it. They're doing it because they're sort of being forced into a corner on it, all right? And I don't agree with that. I just don't, okay? Uh, Again, I don't care if you got it or didn't get it. That's your decision that you're uh, right as an American. But I don't agree with people being forced into corners over it, and they're trying to do that to players vaccinated or unvaccinated now. Oh, well, I know you got it, but son of a bitch, you're the problem if you won't come out and full-on, full-court press, to use a basketball term, your teammate to get it. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And these celebrities are ridiculous, too, like Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, my God. I never thought I would come at somebody for for c- going at LeBron James, but that shit was wrong. I'm sorry. It just was. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe.
0: Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.